Church, are we on? There we go. How you guys doing? Good to see everyone tonight. Also want to give a shout out to those that will be joining us this week online. Are you guys ready to have some fun tonight as we talk about generosity? That was a little bit of a slow response. You're making me nervous. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to have a good time with this. Take out your Bibles, your mobile devices tonight, and turn to the book of Acts in your New Testament. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Acts 20, 35. That is in your New Testament, right past the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts 20, 35. We are in week three of our series called The F Word. We're talking about finances, um, how to honor God with our finances and handle our finances in a biblically responsible way, how to use it the right way. Um, we kicked off this series the first week. If you missed it, you can watch these online about the biblical principle that less is more uh, to live lives of contentment because better is one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. Uh, last week, we talked about the biblical truth that stress is bad, debt leads to stress, uh, that the borrower is in bondage and enslaved to the lender. We don't want that to happen. We talked about getting out of debt. Next week, we're going to wrap up the series talking about the fact that tomorrow matters how to save how to plan for the future how to invest can be super practical you don't want to miss that today what we're talking about is the fact that giving is good do you believe that church giving is good being generous people so let's say that together giving is good you can do better than that one more time giving is good that's exactly what Jesus told us in Acts chapter 20 verse 35 it says it this way you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus let's read this together nice and loud it is more blessed to give than to receive let's read it again it is more blessed to give than to receive that's what Jesus said that it is good to give. Giving is good because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say it wasn't a blessing to receive, right? I mean, we like receiving. I mean, when people give you gifts and things like that, he didn't say that's not a blessing to receive something from someone else. He just said it's more blessed to, to give. I mean, if I'm honest, I like to receive. I like gifts. It's one of my love languages. So if you have tickets to the Broncos or the Rockies or access to private land for elk hunting, anything like that, you know, your pastor likes to receive. But here's what I know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And we think about some of the stories maybe in our life where we've received something, they're not nearly as emotional and impacting as when we've given something to bless someone else. It's not like the first time, you know, I received a, a brand new flat screen HD TV that I just burst into tears because I was so overwhelmed and blessed. I mean, it was nice, it was, it's not like when I was in high school I got my first pair of Jordans uh, that I was just like praising God for my Jordans or you know when you get your first coach purse that you're just singing the hallelujah chorus with the angels in heaven that's a lady speaking right there okay I don't care about coach purses I'm just trying to make this relevant to everyone you know yeah we like to receive but it's more blessed to give than to receive and when you think about some of the most emotional times in your life it's probably not when you received something, but when you gave something. You remember last week I told a story about how our family was blessed with a minivan uh, when we really couldn't afford one. We got such a great deal that we drove it for three or four years, sold it and made money on it. You remember that story? And, and that was a blessing. And I mean, we were praising God and thanking God for that. But let me tell you a story where we're even more blessed. A few years later, God had blessed us to be a blessing 
And we were leading a student ministry, and there was this single girl in our student ministry that was one of our counselors. And she came from uh, pretty minimal means and, and not a lot of money, and she was still living at home with her parents, and they didn't have much, and she didn't have much, and she really wanted to start a life for herself. She wanted to get out on her own. She wanted to get a job, but she didn't have a vehicle. She couldn't afford one. And so we were trying to help her with her finances and to get her established on her feet, and she was wanting to do ministry for the Lord. And so uh, we took her down to the used car lot, and we found uh, a car. It was about 12 years old it was over 100,000 miles but it still worked it still ran and Shelly and I talked about it and we agreed that you know what we want to be a blessing to her we're just going to pay for this car we paid cash for it we gave her the car and I mean that was one of the most fun things that we have ever got to do in our entire life I mean it was blessed to to receive but it was more blessed to give and I remember she was crying I mean like ugly cry snots flying mascara's running Shelly's crying my mascara is running I mean we but it was it was a good cry you know it was like man it is more blessed to give than to receive because giving is good giving is good here's what the apostle Paul said in 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 11 Paul was writing to the church in Corinth and he was encouraging them to be a generous church and helping other people and he said this yes you will be enriched in every way so that you can let's say it together church always be generous not just sometimes not most of the time always be generous then watch this and when we take your gifts to those who need them they will what Thank God. People are going to thank God for your generosity because giving is good. You're going to be a blessing to them. And I believe that we know this. We know that giving is good. We believe that giving is good. And we would like to be more generous. We'd like to give more. So then if we know giving is good, why aren't we more generous? Why don't we give more? Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I mean, there's various reasons to this answer that maybe you can relate with. Maybe you would say, man, we would like to give more and be more generous, but we're struggling financially ourselves. Like last week, you know, we're trying to get out of debt, so I don't know how we can help anyone else. We don't really have any margin in our life or budget. We're like 78% of Americans. We live paycheck to paycheck. We would, we would love to be more generous. We know giving is good, but we, we just can't right now. Or if we're really keeping it real and honest because we're here at church today but one of the reasons maybe we're not more generous is because this subject has been abused by some churches and some pastors I mean you ever watch the tv evangelist that gets up there you know if you sow and give a hundred dollars you're gonna get ten thousand dollars to the name of Jesus and it's like well this is kind of weird or you get the other extreme that if you don't give God is gonna bop you on the head you know, God is going to punish you. God's going to rain fire down on you. And, and this has been an abuse subject. So when you start talking about giving and generosity, people get a little nervous. When you start talking about money, people get funny. It's like, oh, I don't know about that. And, and if I could just be honest with you, I would say that I think some churches and some pastors talk way too much about money and giving and finances. And others don't talk about it enough because there's over 2,000 scriptures in the Bible about money, possessions, and finances. So this is an important subject to God and should be to us. That's why we're doing this series. Another reason maybe we're not more generous, if we're honest, is because we have a scarcity mindset. And there's other reasons, but maybe it's because we have a scarcity mindset. The, the mindset that, you know, I only have a limited amount of resources. I don't have a lot, so I'm going to hold on and, and tightly and protect what I have. I'm going to hold on to it with dear life. But I, I pray tonight that God will begin to 
to work on our hearts. And God will begin to speak to us through his word and his spirit and that we'll get away from scarcity mindset and as followers of Jesus Christ, as God's children, that we would not have scarcity mindset but that we would have abundance mindset because God blesses our generosity. God can take care of us. God has an abundant supply and we can't outgive our generosity. Do some of you believe that, church? So let's not have scarcity mindset. Let's have abundance mindset that I know God, that who's a, a God, my creator, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he's got an abundant supply. See, here's the thing. When it comes to generosity, because giving is good, when we give to help others, we will be a blessing to them. We will be a blessing to others and they'll thank God for that. And, and when we give, we will also be blessed ourselves by our generous God and we'll also be blessed because we know we're making a difference in other people's lives. I love the way the Message Bible says this. We primarily use the New Living Tra Translation, but just to get a fresh look at this, Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25 in the Message Bible, written by Solomon, he said this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, while the world of who? The stingy gets smaller and smaller. Those are some powerful words. Let me read it again. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets what, church? Smaller and smaller. Now watch this. The one who blesses others is, let's say it together, abundantly blessed. Isn't that awesome? Is when we are generous, when we give, we are a blessing to others. And when we give, God blesses us and is generous to us and we make a difference. You see, we all go through life one of two ways when it comes especially to this subject of generosity and that giving is good. We either go through life with a closed hand or an open hand. You see, we go through life with scarcity mindset with a closed hand. What I have is mine and I'm hanging on to it as tight as I can. Yeah, you're gonna have it. Nothing's gonna get out, but also nothing can get in. But if we walk through life the way God desires us to with a heart of generosity and we walk through life with an open hand, yeah, there's gonna be some things that are gonna get out as we're generous and we give to others, but also there's some things that God can put in our hand as a blessing. Are you with me, church? Say yes. The world of the generous gets larger and larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and smaller. God blesses generosity. And I would say to you tonight from the bottom of my heart without hesitation or reservation whatsoever because I've seen it in others' generosity, I've experienced it firsthand, I would passionately say to all of us tonight, giving is good. Giving is good. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I wanna grow in the area of generosity. I believe many of you wanna grow in the area of generosity. And so let me give you three biblical truths today. I hope you'll take some notes and write these down. If you wanna grow in generosity, because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, let me give you three biblical truths. The first one is this, if you wanna grow in generosity, start being generous now. If you wanna grow in the area of generosity, start giving now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Start now. And to make sure we get this, I'm gonna invite the host team to come with the offering buckets right now so we can all be generous right now. I'm kidding, you guys are being, come on now. It's a joke, relax. Some of y'all are freaking out. But no, we, we wanna learn to be generous now no matter where we are in our life with our finances. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, now wait a minute, Skippy. 
Pastor Doug, hang on a second here. Last week, you talked about getting out of debt and then we need to have a plan and we need to get out of debt. And so I don't have any extra funds to be generous while I'm getting out of debt. I believe while you're getting out of debt is a great time to also be generous because you need God's blessings on your life as you're getting out of debt. We talked about God helping us last week and praying that God would help us because you will know one of the best ways to get out of debt is to live contently and to think more about others than ourselves. Generosity helps us in all the areas of our finances. Paul said it this way to a man named Philemon, a very small book in your New Testament, one chapter, he said this, I am praying that you will put into what? Somebody help me out. Action. Don't, don't just think about it. Don't just study about it. Don't just pray about it. Put into action what? The generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. All the good things we have in Christ that we would put into practice, put into action, start being generous now. One of our values here at Orchard Church that we say all the time is we act our wage. How do we act our wage? By giving first, being generous because we have a generous God. Saving second, living with margin and then learning to live on the rest to be content. And this is something that we have tried to passionately model for you as a leadership here at Orchard Church for the last 13 years since this church started that we have been blessed to be a blessing we want to be a generous church we want to be generous people and we we started doing this very very early on in our church's history before we ever bought this land before we ever built this building it would have been easy for us to say well you know man we we may need a building of our own someday so we got to save every penny that we can and you know then once we have a building and a place of our own then we'll be generous and then we'll help people in our community and then we'll help missionaries and then we'll plant churches but no we knew God wanted us to be generous from the beginning that that generosity is a part of who we are it's in our DNA we've been blessed to be a blessing and so some of you that have been around here for a while may remember about 10 years ago once we were established and we were off support from other churches about three years in we made a decision as a leadership team God laid this on our heart that we would take 10% of all of the offerings the general offerings that come into Orchard Church and we would put those into world evangelism missions planting other churches did you know that this year alone by the end of this year that we will give over $300,000 will go out to advance the gospel outside of the walls of Orchard Church to be generous. Can we just praise God for that? But we didn't wait. We did it from the beginning. That's how we support our five missionaries that we support um, significantly. Most of our missionaries say that we're one of their, their best supporting churches, if not the, the most supporting churches that we, we give to them. Um, we've been able to start three feeding centers around the world. Uh, we got some pictures. These are our feeding centers. We feed over 500 kids um, every day around the world in our feeding centers in Philippines, Mexico, and Haiti. We started these feeding centers. We exclusively support all these feeding centers and making a difference and not just giving these kids it's physical food, but spiritual food because they're all connected to local churches sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how fun has it been that we just, in the last couple of months, have been able to start an orphanage that Orchard Church has started and fully funds and supports in Guatemala, helping kids that are, that are orphans. Because of your incredible generosity, I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart as your pastor. This is one of the most generous churches that I have ever been a part of. 
But, but what about individually? You, you know, in the 13 years since this church was planted and started, we have started, helped start and support 14 other churches to help people find and follow Jesus. We have seven local partners, ministry partners, um, like Access Housing in Brighton and Almost Home in Brighton that help the homeless and Denver Rescue Mission and Cup and Life Choices. And we couldn't even fit all of them on the board. These are local ministries that are making a difference, helping people find and follow Jesus in the name of Christ that we are partnering with supporting because we want to be generous and we've been doing this for years we started early doing this and one of my favorite stories that I love that we praise God for is before God gave us the opportunity to build this building and purchase this land before we had any land or building of our own and we were meeting in a rented facility at Prairie View High School we bought property and built a building and started a church in the Philippines that church is thriving today and out of that church that we bought and paid for and, and supported have started four other churches can we just give God praise for that because of our generosity and because we started early, we support North American Mission Board every month. And they support 10,000 missionaries spreading the gospel around the world. This year, North American Mission Board Send Network will plant 700 churches in needy communities uh, around the United States and, and, and North America. And, and then when we, God gave us the opportunity to purchase this land and build this building, we started a legacy building campaign. And many of you sacrificed over and above your regular tithes and offering, and you, you committed to help us build this building. And, and, and during that time, God laid on our heart, in the same way we had been taking 10% of the general offering to make sure it goes out of here to be a blessing to others, we, we also took an additional 10% of everything that was given through the Le Legacy Building Campaign. We set that aside for future church plants and other locations because one of our values at Orchard Church is we're about building his kingdom, not our kingdom. And so as God opens the door, we're ready to go ahead and start other locations of Orchard Church to help more people find and follow Jesus. We could have waited. We could have said, you know, we're gonna wait till we have a place for our own. We're gonna wait till we're debt free and all those things. But no, God wanted us to be generous now, now. If, you're, if we're gonna grow in the area of generosity, start being generous now, right where you are. God blesses generosity. And because we want to model this and we do this from time to time here at Orchard Church, if you're here today in this service, and you're 21 years of age or older and you have a legitimate need in your life right now for food, shelter, or clothing, we don't expect you to put any money in the offering bucket when it goes by at the end of service. As a matter of fact, if it goes by and there's any loose cash in there that would meet one of those needs, you help yourself. Take from the offering. We are blessed to be a blessing. We wanna be a generous church. Is that okay, Orchard, if we bless some people in that way this evening? How do we grow in the area of generosity? First of all, we start by being generous now. Now, if you're new to, to giving and generosity, you may ask the question, okay, well, I'm kind of new to this Christian thing and, and this church thing, so, so where do I start? You know, if I'm gonna start being generous now, where do I start? I am so glad you are asking that question. I'm gonna answer it for you. I think it would only be logical that we start where God starts and where he tells us to start in the Bible. It's the second truth in your notes, if you're taking notes. How do we grow in generosity? Trust God with the tithe. Number two, we're gonna trust God with the tithe. Number one, we're gonna start being generous now. And number two, where are we gonna start? We're gonna trust God with the tithe. This is the training wheels of giving for a follower of Jesus Christ. And right now, I can see it on some of your faces, you're freaking out. 
Oh, here it comes. It's the tithe part of the message. Oh, my goodness. And let me just tell you, I, I know how it is. When you talk about money, people get funny. You get scared. You get freaking out. Nobody freaks out more than your pastor does. Because this is a difficult subject to talk about. But this wasn't my idea. I didn't come up with this. This is what God says in his word. It's gonna be okay. And I want you to hear this from the bottom of my heart when it comes to this area of being generous and tithing and putting God first in this area of our life. This is not about what we want from you. This is about what God wants for you. It's a biblical principle that we cannot get around. It's, it's what God wants for us. And, and you know, I, I went many years, when we first started Orchard Church, I didn't talk about this subject. I was afraid to go there. I was afraid to talk about it. I didn't want to be that kind of church and that kind of pastor. And God convicted me of it, that I was robbing you guys of a blessing to not show you what the Bible says about this topic. Trusting God with the tithe is the place to start. Well, what is the tithe? I don't want to assume we understand what this word tithe means because some people think the word tithe means to give, but it's actually a mathematical term. It, it, you have this in your notes. The word tithe comes from the Hebrew word ma'aser, and it means, somebody help me out, one what? Tenth or 10%. It doesn't mean 5%. It doesn't mean 20%. It means 10% or one-tenth. The Bible says, God says, if we're a follower of Jesus Christ, that the first tenth of our income belongs to the Lord. Well, that's real convenient, Pastor Doug. Where do you get that? Well, let me show you one of many places. In Leviticus 27.30, it says this. Help me out, church. One tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, however you make your living and have your, get your income, belongs to who? Now, that's key right there. It doesn't even belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. Now God gives it to us in our paycheck, but then it's a test of faith whether we're gonna give back to the Lord what belongs to him. It doesn't even belong to us. It belongs to the Lord and it must be set apart to him as holy. That's why when we close in a song of worship and we pass the offering buckets, we say we're gonna close in a song of worship and worship through our giving and our generosity because it's an act of worship. Probably the most definitive passage on tithing and the instructions of it are given in the Old Testament book of Malachi. I want you to turn there. Malachi chapter three, or as I like to say, Malachi, the Italian prophet. I was getting too serious in here. I had to throw something out there, all right? Malachi, Malachi chapter three, verse 10. You can read all of this later, but let me just point out what God says in Malachi chapter three, verse 10 about the tithe being first that trusting God with the tithe, he said this, bring all the tithes, not, not, not a portion of it, not some of it, bring all of it, the full 10% into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. In the Old Testament where God's people would bring their tenth, their tithe was to the temple, the place of worship where God's people would gather. Today, where do God's people gather to worship? In churches, your local church, whatever is the church that's your local church that you call home, you're to bring that as an act of worship is what the Bible says. If you do, now here's the good news. This will help some of you all that are freaking out. If you do, bring the first tenth to the Lord, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a what, church? A blessing. God blesses generosity. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. God says, you're gonna give it out, I'm gonna bring it in. 
You won't even, you, you're going to be blown away by this. And then God says something here in Malachi 3.10. He doesn't say anywhere else in all of the Bible. Let's say it together. What does he say? Try it. Put me to the test. Let's say that again. What did he say, church? Try it. Put me to the test. Put me to the test. Now, why of all the places in Scripture would God say about giving the first 10% of our income to him and to trust him with a tithe, why would he say in that place, try it, put me to the test? And that's the only place in the Bible that he says that. I think, this is my opinion, I don't know for sure, I'll ask God someday, I think that's the only place that he says, try it and put me to the test if I won't bless you because he knows this is one area that freaks us out, <laughs> right? He knows this is gonna freak us out. This is gonna wig us out. If we're new to church and new to Christianity, it's like, what you talking about, Willis? You know what I mean? What? The only the older generation got that one. I'm sorry. I left a bunch of young people out there, right? I mean, he, he, he's like, I, I know how hard this is. I know how difficult this is. I'm telling you, try it. Put me to the test. He, here's what God is saying in a nutshell. If I, if I could just clearly say it. You have it in your notes. This is what God is telling us. When we worship God with our first and our best, the rest is blessed. Does anybody believe that to be true? When we worship God with our first and best, the 10% that belongs to the Lord, then the rest is blessed. You know what I've learned in my life and some of you have experienced in your life as you've tested God and tried God in this area of your life? It is so much easier to live on 90% that is blessed by God than to try to live on 100% without God. And without God's blessing. God is not a liar. God is true to his word. That when we, when we worship God with our first and best, the rest is blessed. That's what God said he would do. Now, now inevitably, anytime we touch on this subject, which is about once a year here at Orchard Church, and you happen to be here on that day, congratulations. <laughs> if you invited a friend, I'm sorry. <laughs> But inevitably, when we talk about this subject, somebody tries to get all theological and doctrinal, and they say something like, well, now hold up a second there, Pastor Doug. That's in the Old Testament. Malachi's in the Old Testament. Leviticus in the Old Testament. That was under the Old Testament law, and we have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus. We don't live under the Old Testament law. We live under the New Testament, and nowhere in the New Testament does it tell us to tithe. Really? Last time I checked my Bible, the book of Matthew is the first book of our New Testament. And in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, said this, you should tithe. That's good enough for me. If Jesus says it, amen, is that good enough? Jesus said, you should tithe. Giving is good. This is the way to put God first. And if I could just keep it real, it's one of our values here at Orchard. I know what's happening right now for some of you guys. I, I've been there. You're like, but Pastor Doug, I, I know that's what the Bible says. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. But you gotta understand, in order for me to do that, in order for us to do that as a family, I would have to completely reprioritize my life around God. Yes! 
That's not a bad thing, amen? And I can just tell you, I wish I could tell you all the stories of how God has been true to his word in this area of, of my life and, 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 my, and my wife and our family's life. We've been married 25 years. Uh, we, we were blessed to grow up in a Christian home where we were both taught this as kids. And so when we get you know, an allowance, 10%, we'll go to the Lord. And, and, and so when we got married, this was no debate, no, no discussion. This is what we're gonna do. And it was the first thing in our budget. When, when, I first, when we first got married, I was first in ministry and I was a student pastor. And I was getting paid $1,000 a month, $12,000 a year, 25 years ago. And that's not just because I'm really old, okay? I was, I was underpaid, all right? So next time you see Ryan Singleton, our student director here at Orchard, just pat him on the back and say, you're doing good, man. But $1,000 a month, and we tithed. And actually, we did more than tithe. We, we gave 10%, and then we also gave above that to missions and feeding centers and, and, and things like that. And I remember in those early years of our marriage, on paper, it didn't work. It, di- it didn't work out. We didn't know how we were going to make ends meet. We didn't know how we were going to make budget. But we knew we were going to trust God in this area of our life. And we knew God was going to take care of us somehow. Maybe one of the ways God took care of us is I think back about it. Uh, when we first got married for, you know, but the first couple of years, uh, we lived in the same town as both of our parents. We were about 15, 20 minutes away from both parents. So when we would get hungry, we would say, hey, what are you guys doing for dinner? And they'd be like, oh, come on over. And we would go over for dinner and lunch, and they thought we really missed them. No, we were just hungry. <laughs> and when the cupboard was bare, we, we would go eat, you know. We finally moved away eight hours away, but by that point, you know, the budget was better, and God, God blessed us. And, and, you know, something we've done here at Orchard Church for the last several years that we've seen God do incredible things is, is called a 90-day tithe challenge. We put one of these in all of your newsletters in the offering envelope uh, today. And what the 90-day tithe challenge is this, that we, we would ask some of you to consider and pray about taking the 90-day tithe challenge to put Malachi chapter 310 into practice, in, into faith, to say, I am gonna trust God with the first and my best and believe the rest will be blessed for 90 days. I'm gonna give the first 10% to the Lord through my local church that I call my church home. I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna see how God blesses. And if you wanna take this 90 day tithe challenge, we're gonna ask you just to put your name, your email address, tear this off, drop in the offering bucket. I'll tell you, you go, oh, I know why you want my email address. You're gonna bug me about it. No, I'm gonna send you a welcome letter to the 90 day tithe challenge to welcome all those that are taking this with us together. And then I'm gonna be praying for you all that are going through this. And this is my favorite part every time we do this. The reason I want your email is because when God shows up in radical ways and is true to his word and he blesses you, please email those stories to me and then I want to email them back out to everyone. I'll take your name off of it, but we want to all share in the blessings because God blesses generosity. So if you want to start tonight and you want to take this, you want to take it home, pray about it, talk about it with your spouse, and maybe next week drop this in, boom, we'll get your email. You're, you're a part of the 90-day tie challenge. Now let me, t- let me tell you this, if you do this, there is a catch. There's always a catch, right? But I think you're going to like this catch. We believe in this so strongly and what God has done based on Malachi chapter 310 to test God and try it in this area of your life. If at the end of 90 days, you tithe for 90 days, if you don't feel like God has blessed you in any way, and it's not always financially, but in any way, if God has not been true to his word and blessed you, you just let us know. We will give every dime back to you that you've tithed, no questions asked. That's how much we believe and trust and have faith in God's word and we've seen it over and over. I want you to hear a story right now of a lady that took the 90 day tie challenge at Orchard Church and how God showed up in an awesome way in her life. Watch this. 
I was uh, not always a follower of Christ, and I really didn't um, read my Bible or, you know, I was like kind of a little pretend Christian. I would, I would once in a while, I'd, I'd uh, go to church, and I'd say I'd pray for you, and I'd, you know, let people think that I really knew the Lord, which I did not. And I moved up here, and when I had been uh, very, very broke, one of my customers and friends had given me $5,000. And I told him at that time, I said, I don't know when I'll be able to pay you back, but I said, I will pay you back. This went on and I got to Brighton. I was at a very hopeless point in my life. Went to different churches and Orchard just kind of kept calling me, but I, I didn't want to be in a big church. So finally one day in December, I went and I didn't make it through the first service. I was crying. <laughs> I had to run out, but I will tell you, I came back. So I did that. And then in January, I was able to pay back my customer and I took a card out there, a Christian card, he is not a believer, and I gave him a card with a $5,000 check and I was so happy that I was able to return that. At the same time, Doug was preaching on finances, on tithing, and he gave us a 90-day tithe challenge. Well, you know, I'd never tithed right, always gave what was left. I thought, you know what? God said, put me to the test. I'm gonna put him to the test. So I decided I'm taking the tithe challenge. I had just gotten into the tithe challenge and I had to go out and see my customer. And I see him reach over and pick up my card. And I'm like, what is he doing? And he opened up my card, took the card out, the envelope, and took the card out, reached in, got the check, reached into his drawer the whole time we're visiting, brings a pair of scissors out and cuts the check in half, $5,000. I busted out crying. I was like sobbing and I was, I could not believe he did that. And he went, no, no, he went, did I, he thought he offended me. And I said, no, no. I said, it's just that I just took the tithe challenge and I was like, I knew this was from God. Even though he wasn't a believer, God used a non-believer to bless me. And Doug was talking about being blessable. And that whole time I was just, I was overwhelmed because now I know from spending time with him, and from, from the challenge that what God said is true, and if I could tell you one thing, it would be that, that the Bible is true, God's word is true, his promise is true, and he loves us so much, and he wants to bless us. In fact, I think when he does bless us, I think it tickles him. I think you feel an overwhelmingness of joy from God, that he is like so pleased that we were obedient, we trusted him, and we are faithful. Hey, can we just celebrate that story of God working in her life in that way? How do we grow in the area of our generosity? Because giving is good. Jesus said is more blessed to give than to receive. We start by being generous now, right where we are. We trust God with the tithe, the first 10%. And then as we wrap this up this evening, here's the third biblical truth. Plan your generosity. If you wanna grow in the area of generosity, plan your generosity. Plan your generosity. And this is where we get into the area of an offering. That the tithe is first, it belongs to the Lord. And then after the tithe, we can be generous however God leads us to be generous with an offering. Sometimes the Bible calls it a free will offering to give to feeding centers or legacy building campaign or, or to help a friend or coworker or neighbor in need. You know, we're so good at planning to acquire. I know I am. You know, if I really want something, man, I'm gonna save up the money. I'm gonna plan, you know, how to get that house, how to get that vehicle, go on that vacation. But if have you ever thought about planning to be generous? 
I mean, putting it in your budget to be generous. Isaiah 32.8, Isaiah says it this way. But generous people do what, church? Plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. I love that. Generous people plan to be generous. Generous people plan their generosity. It's, it's not accidental. It's intentional. It's not, it's not an accident. It's, it's intentionally being generous. They find ways to be generous. You know, in the same way that last week and in this series we've talked about, you know, if we're gonna be good stewards of our finances, we gotta have a budget. We've gotta have a plan. We, we've gotta have a plan to get out of debt. We can wander into debt, but we don't wander out of debt. But we also, not only should we plan to get out of debt and make good financial decisions, we should plan to be generous. And let me just say again, many of you took us up on our offer last week. I know I don't know of any better class that is out there about handling our finances in a God-honoring way than Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Many of you signed up, filled up the small groups last week. I think there's one group, the Cowans, that may still have some openings. But you know what? We've had such an overwhelming response to this. Uh, we're doing a sign-up sheet at the Got Questions corner. If you go out there tonight, sign up. I think we're gonna host a conference here. We'll have a financial piece and tables. And so you can go through this nine evenings that could change your life to plan to get out of debt, plan to be generous. He talks about all of that. To live like no one else so later you can live and give like no one else. I know a family that in their budget, they budget generosity. They give their first tenth to the Lord. Uh, they give offerings um, to feeding centers and things like that over and above. And then they have another budget line item that is just to be generous as God opens the opportunity for friends, coworkers, neighbors, family members. And they started $20 a month. And then the next year they went to like $40 a month. And then they went to $60 a month. Did you know now they're, they are planning $200 every month over and above the regular tithes and offerings just to be generous, to help someone at the grocery store, to help a single mom, to help a neighbor, send a student to camp. I mean, I think that is incredible. Planning to be generous. I was, I was talking about this with some of the staff and our Spanish pastor Marcial goes, could I get the name of that family? I said, no, Marcial, I'm not giving you the name. I'm not giving you the name either. But I just think that is, is incredible. A, a family that is taking this seriously to plan, like Isaiah said, the generous plan to be generous. When we had our legacy building campaign to help build this building, and the only reason to build this building um, was not so we could just have a facility, but to better facilitate ministry and our mission to help more people find and follow Jesus. And when we did that three years ago, man, people made sacrifices over and above their regular tithes and offerings to plan to be generous because they wanted to be a part of a church that is helping people find and follow Jesus. And we had people selling RVs and boats and motorcycles and giving their tax return, planning to be generous. And for those of you that have been around here for the last three years, you've been a part of the legacy building fund. Man, all of these life changes you're seeing, all these baptisms, 385 people have been baptized just since we moved into this building. They've gone public with their faith. You have a part in that because you planned to be generous. Um, we were supposed to wrap up our legacy building fund campaign. It was a three-year campaign. It was supposed to end next, uh, in a couple of months, in November, 1st of November. Um, what was committed was $2.7 million uh, over three years. We've actually received $2.2 million to help build this building to advance the kingdom. Can we just praise God for all those that have sacrificed to do that? But, but here's what we're gonna do. And, and, and this is probably about the only time you're gonna hear me say this or mention this. Um, we, we're gonna extend the campaign for six months. 
And here's why. We've had several people say, hey, I got behind, things happened in life, you know, and I really want to finish up. So we're going to extend it for six months. So if you got behind, you can catch up with the commitment you made between you and the Lord. Or if you're new to Orchard Church and you would say, you know what, I want to be a part of what God is, is doing here. And God has blessed us to be a blessing. We want to plan to be generous. You can just give to the Legacy Building Fund because we want to get out of debt as quickly as possible. Get this paid for because that's going to free up thousands of dollars to start other churches, more feeding centers, orphanages, missionaries all around the world. Why, why, why are we talking about this? Because giving is good. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said it, we believe it, and we're going to live it. We're going to live it. Generosity isn't something uh, that we just do as Christ followers. It's who we are because we serve a generous God. Amen, church? And he calls us as his followers to be generous people. How, how do we grow in the area of generosity? By starting now, trusting God with the tithe, planning to be generous. And when we give, we will be a blessing to others and they'll thank God for our generosity. And when we give, God promises to bless our generosity. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving is good. Giving is very good. Father, we pray that we would take these truths to heart, we would put them into practice, and we would embrace the fact that it is more blessed to give than to receive. As we continue an attitude of prayer right now, with heads bowed, nice closed for just a moment. How many of you as Christ followers this evening would say, man, God has spoken to my heart tonight through his word and his spirit. I know I need to, to grow in the area of generosity. And I, I wanna put this into practice. I wanna put this into action I, I, by starting now, by trusting God with the tithe, by planning my generosity. If God has spoken to you in that way tonight at all, could I, could I pray for you? Would you slip up your hand all across the auditorium? Would you slip up your hand for prayer? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hands everywhere. Father, I pray that we would experience what it means when you said it is more blessed to give than receive. That we would give our first and best and believe the rest would be blessed. That we would start now and that we'd be blessed to be a blessing that we would plan and look for opportunities to be generous because you are such a generous God. So we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never said yes to Jesus and invited him into your life by faith, God doesn't want a dime of your money today. I'll tell you what he wants. He wants your heart. He wants your life. So much so that he sent his son 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay for our sins that separated us from a relationship with God. If you want to know how generous our God is, go no further than the most popular verse in all the Bible. And it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Have you received that gift from our generous God? If you haven't, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that tonight. And all I'm asking you to do is what the Bible says. The Bible says whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved, will be forgiven, will have a home in heaven, the gift of eternal life. If that's you today, 
You know if God's speaking to you in that way. I'm gonna pray a prayer of faith out loud in just a moment. I'm gonna invite some of you to pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's. It's not a magic prayer or magic words that we say, but if it comes from a heart of faith, you can say yes to Jesus tonight. Your sins can be forgiven. Your life can be changed. You can have a fresh start from our generous God. If that's you, you know who you are. I invite you to pray this prayer right now from your heart to God's. It goes like this. Jesus, I'm calling on you to come into my life. I want to know and follow you. I'm saying yes to you. Yes, be my Lord. Yes, be my Savior. Thank you for giving your life for mine. Thank you. Saying yes to Jesus is the biggest decision you can ever make. We've created this booklet to help you in your next steps. So if you prayed that prayer, let us know by emailing us your address to yes at orchard.church and we'll send you a copy. We've seen thousands of people make the same decision over the last year, and we believe that God has even greater things to come. If you'd like to be a part of what God is doing in and through Orchard, you can go to orchard.church give. Thanks again for taking the time to watch this message.